You want to take a chair, Wookie? <laughs> I'm just picking one. Definitely need a little extra lighting back here. It's much more cozy looking. Yeah. Okay, so I'm all set. Okay. If you are guys all set. Yeah, so... Um... We'll just do our intro, then we'll kind of point at you and let you introduce yourself, and then we'll just kind of start talking. Um, okay. Kind of go Sounds off good. the. I don't know if you got like the the topic list, but we'll kind of just go with the flow and ask you questions, so it's not a huge deal. Okay, you, you can ask me the questions, and uh, yeah, we can go with that. Okay. So we're. We're going to record the video. We normally will stream, but as this is our first time here, we're just going to record in case uh, something crazy happens. But the camera is like right here, kind of facing the video screen, just so you know. So if you see us pointing at the camera, you kind of know why. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. It's fine. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to VR Verdict Podcast, episode 106. Our weekly podcast where we talk about everything VR. I'm PJ. And I'm Wookie. And today we're joined Hello, by... I'm uh, Attila from the <laughs> VR Storm Studios. Yeah, we're here talking about your game Beanstalkers. Yeah, uh, it will just uh, release a multiplayer uh, beta uh, today. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. If everything's right. Yeah, I can't wait to try that out. Um, you've been in, um, it launched on Steam, it was in September, I believe. And um, is that early access, right? Yeah, we are currently in early access. Okay. Yeah, and as you said, multiplayer beta came out today. How's that going so far? Any good feedback or? Uh, no, it's not out yet. Uh... Oh, okay. It's still like a good uh, 10 hours, maybe more, until we uh, release it. So because so of the... It's today for us. Gotcha. <laughs> but since you are in a different time zone, uh, it is uh, 1 a.m. at us right now. So yeah. the day just started. We have uh, 23 hours to release the... <laughs> so when do you sleep? <laughs> yeah, I'm usually asleep around this time, but... Uh, okay. <laughs> It's it's not uh, rare to be up uh, for for interviews and for since most of our traffic is from the USA, we have to adjust for the time zone. Sure. Especially for the live events. Yeah, that's got to be rough after a while. So tell us a little about about the game Beanstalkers. Like, where did the idea come from, and what do you kind of do? Yes, so it happened around uh, two two years back or three maybe. It was uh, 2019, if I remember right. Uh, 
me and the, the, the founders of the studio was uh, playing around in VR, basically. And uh, I made a little demo, demo about uh, climbing. And we just liked the demo at that point. So we started uh, hiring some people uh, to, to, to start working on the on the first versions of Stalker. But it was uh, in early development, it was really different. Uh, the whole vision and the whole game was heading in a different direction at that time. <laughs> we wanted to release on, on the Quest platform. Sure. But uh, you have to get uh, permission for that to access the Quest store from, from Oculus. Mm -hmm. And they quiet didn't respond to our email. Oh. That's so, nice. <laughs> we waited around for a while, but uh, after not getting answer, and eventually we get a negative answer from uh, after after like two months or something. But that time we we already made the decision to go to to Steam uh, instead of. But with the with the change of the platform, we we changed the game too. So we went from a small. Uh, game with with the low poly design and all that we we, we upgrade everything to high poly and uh, you know more more uh, pcvr stuff yeah a lot more features and mechanics and all that yeah i played the game probably a couple months ago now and like i told you guys this already but it's one of the most original vr games i've played where you're climbing the beanstalk and you're just kind of going up 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 and up <laughs> i think it's awesome and it's, it's you can tell from the video for those watching like it's just it's beautiful like i i'm a very yeah, much yeah. pc vr guy like i love the quest and everything but pc vr is my favorite because it's just the more you can do and the prettier things look and all that fun stuff yeah, uh, we like the design and the, and the features of the game very much as well. I mean, we, we developed it, so who would like it if not us? Also, the multiplayer is, is a great, great fun uh, to play around in multiplayer. I uh, personally was not able to try it out in multiplayer, but we had a a stream. I mean, two or three days ago, where we showed around some uh, multiplayer footage. We had that on awesome. Twitch. What's the major changes? Does do any of the mechanics change with with the co-op or the multiplayer, or does it? No, our our main direction was to since since players like the single player, so the feedback was positive, uh, mostly positive. We we wanted to keep the game as much uh, close to the single player as we could. So everything that you do in single player, you do exactly the same way in multiplayer. So you played, you 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 said you played the game already. So oh, yeah. you yep. you must know about the the consumables, like the the items that heals you, like the mango and the potion. Yep. <laughs> So yeah, those items. Uh, if if you are playing multiplayer and some of the players die, you can feed them uh, consumables and they will be revived. Nice. Also, you can feed them consumables uh, just uh, 
during the game. So you can hold him, consumable to another player's mouth, and you can feed him and heal him <laughs> like a support. <laughs> They're all nice. It's like an eating stem now. <laughs> yes, yes. <exactly. laughs> Strawberry. Get out of here. <laughs> Can you do anything crazy? Like if, and for those who haven't seen or played, like you climb up these giant beanstalks, um, and like I was jumping off. Like if you're afraid of heights, this might be an issue for someone. But I was just jumping and leaping, and you have these two grapple hooks, and just clinging onto the sides. Can you like take a your partner and like swing them and throw them over to another vine or anything like that? Or? <laughs> the most crazy stuff we have right now in multiplayer is the every player has a little uh, grab point on his on his back. So you can actually uh, another player can come and uh, grab that point on his back. It's a little handle on your back. Nice. Uh, and, I was gonna... uh, and if you grab it, uh, you will move along with the other player. So if one player uses the grappling hook or something and you are grabbed to his back, you just uh, fly along with him. And uh, the funny <laughs> thing is that uh, multiple players can uh, like chain grab each other. So it's like a chain of four people and uh, <laughs> the first one using the grappling hook and all the players go along with him. It's, it's really funny. They could all like hook on and just start shooting stuff while somebody's doing the motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's really cool. That's, that's really neat because like I, I don't get VR sickness. I have very strong VR legs, if you want to call it that. I don't have a fear of heights, but there there are still some times where my hands are getting sweaty because I was doing, like I said, jumping around in the air. But if you're playing with someone who's kind of got some issues with that, or someone's not, like, back in the day, we've had friends that don't like to do, like, um, like jumping, jumping puzzles. Yeah. puzzles and stuff. So it's really neat that they can just kind of latch on to you and you can do it quick and get them <laughs> to a spot, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the problem is this uh, won't help with VR sickness that much. <laughs> so if it doesn't like we are uh, moving around by your own decisions, uh, getting moved around by another player, it won't help much with your VR sickness that I can tell yeah, you that. I can just shut their eyes and hold on until you're yeah. like, okay, we're across the lava pit or whatever you're trying to do. Yeah, you can notify him. Close, close your eyes, uh, we are going around. I would have somebody doing that on my back and I would just jump off and be free falling and be like, okay, you can open your eyes and then they'll just barf all the way down the, the beanstalk. Yeah, I mean, uh, the game itself can get uh, really hectic. So yeah. we we have some testers uh, in the studio who play a lot, and they uh, they figured out some really crazy exploits with the movement. So <laughs> can yeah. get crazy. So can you kind of take us like someone starts up the game and they pop in the world? Like, where do they start and what's kind of their objective? What are they kind of doing while they're playing? Yes. Yeah, so. But what we wanted to achieve with the game is a, like a, a sandbox or open experience. We doesn't really want it to tell the player what to do right away. Uh, that that goes to be a little problematic because players didn't really know what to do. <laughs> so we, we introduced a quest system which somewhat leads along the game. 
So basically, the the main uh, object of the quest system is to defeat the bosses on each tree, and you can achieve that by uh, climbing up and collecting resources and crafting uh, the tools you require to defeat the bosses. I mean, uh, it it goes like uh, if you have more stuff uh, crafted, the boss will be easier. Sure. like much easier but but <laughs> if you have a limited amount of weapons and tools that you collected along the tree by climbing uh, you can defeat you can still defeat the boss but it will be much harder you have to work harder during the boss part <laughs> so you cannot uh, cheat the system and either you loot more or you fight the boss more so right yeah but the, like the basic Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I like how you kind of have like halfway points. Like you have these little huts that you can hit kind of in the middle of the beanstalk and like take a break, craft, do some stuff. It's really neat. <laughs> yeah, the the core loop of the game is uh, go out, grab some loot or, or complete some objective and then escape from the tree with your life, one of our extraction points, which has uh, like one extraction point on each level of the tree. Also, if you if you are able to extract, you will unlock that uh, point and you can go back to it anytime. So it may, makes the looting a bit easier. Yeah, that's really neat. So tell us about some of these awesome weapons, because the game has a crazy amount of interesting weapons here we have some of them on display here but um... oh yeah, yes of course uh, <laughs> most of the items we have here are from the the first uh, map the tropica also we have one enemy from the tropica and uh, we have uh, the the shield right next to you that's from the arctic that's our new item from the latest update so yeah probably our most iconic uh, tool is the we call it blade slammer this little tool right here and it's uh, it's for for basic climbing i guess if, if you try the game you meet, met with that one before yep and you can also some... zip line on ropes with it it's really neat yes 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 uh, also our uh, so we have one of our core weapons, the the crossbow in, in large here. That's that's one of the first <laughs> weapons you will get, uh, except from the little. I don't know its name in English. It's the small uh, stone thrower thingy, like a slingshot. But slingshot, uh, the, the, yeah. that one. Uh, you can also have that one, but that's uh, really not handy on the. <laughs> As you start progressing throughout the game, yeah. Uh, then we have the the double barrel shotgun. Oh yeah, the double barrel shotgun is a Arctic weapon too. So I was wrong there. Uh, yeah, it's a really cool weapon, uh, really strong one, and it's it's fun to use. Like uh, I I love double barrel shotguns in all games, and it's no <laughs> exception. You can really pack a punch with it. So 
go go nice. heavy on the enemies. <laughs> we have the the snake rifle right here. Uh, yeah, that's so cool. It's a, a little snake coming out. <laughs> it's a desert rifle and it's a kind of like a small minigun team. So the barrels rotate around as you shoot, and there are eight rounds in it, if I remember right. It's it's really cool. It's not that accurate, but you can still uh, manage stuff with it. <laughs> And the last item, uh, no, uh, the the next item is the grappling hook. It's our basic grappling hook. Is actually that was one of the first items in the game when we started developing it. Uh, I mean, it doesn't look like that at the first iteration. It's like <laughs> this is the third one, if I remember right. It's uh, packs three uh, grappling charges that you can use up. Uh, most of the people like to use the small grappling hook because it comes with unlimited charges. Sure. But uh, this one has a much, much longer reach. So the small grappling hook only good for short distances, except if you know how to exploit it and uh, go <laughs> flying around with it. So. <laughs> and the last I, I load item... it in here and I'm like, what the hell is this? Did they add a missile launcher? I'm like, oh, that's a grappling hook. <laughs> It looks pretty sweet. Yeah, thank you. And the last <laughs> item is the gun shield, uh, which you have on your uh, end. It's a, basically a shield item that can deflect projectiles uh, and also has like a ring of uh, shotgun projectiles in the middle That's that you awesome. can uh, <laughs> charge off with a single shot. And uh, it has a, has a large spread and a short range. <laughs> but uh, high damage so the idea there was kind of like uh, run up to enemies and uh, just uh, charge off the shotgun shells into his face when you're close up <laughs> and you and you can uh, reload items by t uh, touching it to your back so it looks really cool when you run with the shield and uh, shoot once and then recharge it by touching your back it looks really fun i love it that's a fun mechanic too to reload that's really neat yeah, we, was, we were experimenting with some more complex uh, reload mechanisms, but uh, the game was already like a bit feature heavy and a lot of things to look around for and uh, focus on. So we wanted to make the reloading and the tool handling as simple as possible for the players. So what's this? This one's a little enlarged. Oh yeah, that one. What's this, what's this all about over here? I'm going to zoom in with the camera. Yeah, uh, I actually missed that one because it was so big. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, this is a saw blade launcher, <laughs> which can launch saw blades. Uh, you can see the saw blade on that end. Yeah, it's actually when you load into the gun, it starts uh, like rotating up, and uh, got launched at high speed. It's uh, basically a high damage weapon. Uh, it's a bit hard to aim because the saw blade has a travel time. Yeah but it uh, has a really high damage so against heavier bulkier enemies it can come handy also i guess boss fights can have a use of it because it has such a large damage that bosses go down much quicker yeah I, th I think when i played and i could be wrong but if i remember right, i think i was fighting a large spider and i had this bad boy out and i took it down pretty quick <laughs> yes, yes, yes it was it was satisfying though <laughs> 
So yeah, I guess uh, that's all the assets uh, we sent you. Nice. Oh no, there is one more uh, enemy right here. Yeah, I mean the two enemy. enemies. Uh, this one is from the desert tree, and it has a, like a unique uh, mechanic where if if it gets damaged, it changes uh, like uh, his state, and he goes to from a walking enemy to a flying enemy that shoots cool. projectiles into you. So it actually has like an interactive thing where you, if you don't damage it, it's pretty harmless. It just walks around on the tree and follows you. That is to melee you. Yeah. But if you damage, uh, it goes flying and uh, shoots around. So Are these the ones, while well, I was crawling around on some of the stalks, I, I noticed like if you didn't do anything to them, they kind of left you alone, but then suddenly there'd be like 10 of them. <laughs> and then it, <laughs> then you kind of get in trouble if you if you pissed one of them off. But <laughs> no, that I, I think that was the snitch uh, that uh, oh, tends little... to okay. Yeah, the little snitch stuffs. Uh, we call them snitches because uh, from the from the snitch from Harry Potter. I don't yeah. know if that's tra <laughs> trademarked or or anything, but uh, <laughs> they kind of look like that, so we just call them that. Also, yeah, this really one cool. here is. Uh, is a funny enemy. I don't know if you met him on the tree. I think I did. So what he does, he has two versions, the small one and the big one. The, the small one jumps on your arms and start biting you. You have to grab mm. them and throw them off or, or just damage <laughs> him with some. And the big one are even funnier because that uh, jumps uh, into your face. <laughs> and that can be a cool experience in VR when something just jumps onto your face. and. <laughs> Yeah, I think the... these were the ones that were freaking me out because they're kind of chasing me, and you can't really run very far on a beanstalk. So it's like... Yeah, <laughs> and they're also fast. So yeah, that'd be pretty cool when you have a if you're playing with a friend or air quotes for me friend for Wookie, but um, what? just peeling them off someone while they're running away from them. <laughs> like... Yeah. Actually, uh, they are synchronized in multiplayer, so awesome. you can grab <laughs> grab him off from uh, each other. So if someone gets one of these stuck on his hand or his face, another player can come along and just uh, remove it from him or, or shoot it off from him. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope you guys will be able to try out the multiplayer as soon as it comes out. That'd be fun. Like I said, yeah. the game is is so original to me, but like, and I kind of told you guys this earlier because we've been talking since like the beginning of December and we finally get to talk on the podcast. So it's been kind of crazy. But a real neat thing about your game, I kind of mentioned, is you're not always looking up, but you look up a lot. And it's it's actually, it feels really good because, you know, most games you kind of sink down or if everyone if you look at your phone all day or you're on your phone a lot like your neck gets sore from looking down this is like a totally different experience because you're always like climbing <laughs> it's pretty neat yeah it uh, also in the early stages uh, looking up too much was a kind of a problem <laughs> and i mean for some people it might still be but i i, I think we get it get around it by by designing the game such that you don't always climb upwards, 
but they are branches yeah. that you know spread all around so it kind of breaks up the up looking part to a the side venturing part and then and then you go back to up looking again and then side venturing again and it's like a smaller sections of gameplay uh, so you you get the uh, mixed up not just looking up all the time but climbing around too yeah i found it super neat that so you there's like multiple branches of beanstalks i think you call them branches and they're kind of like puzzles where like you're like how the hell do i get over on that branch because there's you can see all the loot or like anything you want to mine or whatever and it's kind of like a puzzle to get around on the whole beanstalk and get everything yeah we were we were amazed by the the generative algorithm that we could uh patch together it's really cool and, and the, in the early days especially we love to discover the trees that we have generated it's it's really fun <laughs> yeah because like i remember i climbed really high up and i'm like oh i missed something way down there so i just jumped like i hope i can catch it <laughs> and just caught it <laughs> But it was kind of kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was uh, so I had uh, high problems like all, all my life, and uh, <laughs> and in the early days of being stalker, I I was uh, like experiencing the the height issues with the game <laughs> and it was really fun to discover one of your fears throughout the virtual environment it's it's puts a whole different spin on the experience but uh by today i'm uh, kind of become immune to high sickness especially nice. in vr uh, in real life i still have some troubles but in vr i i just uh, got a bit desensitized or, or what do you call it I was going to ask about that like we were outside and a, a neighbor's cat climbed up a tree and it was maybe two feet taller than I was or higher up into my head and the back of my legs had like weird twins like when you look up and you know see a ladder you want to climb up and you get you know the back of my knees go wonky <laughs> and I was like it's a cat climbing a tree and I was affected by it I'm like I need to start climbing some trees again I might have some height issues. Maybe I need to hang on to PJ's backpack and that mountain <laughs> and just go for a ride. Just say jump. I'll be the one vomiting. <laughs> but not from sickness. But, uh, it's cool that it helped. I like to hear that. So. Yeah. Uh, what I still uh, realize uh, sometimes or, or do is. Uh, when you go out in the game to the tree it's uh, at first it's not that bad but as you start uh, getting more loot and more stuff uh, you get uh, very more about falling down because of all the <laughs> progress and uh, yeah it's, it gets kind of a more like a weight to falling down when you have all that stuff on yeah that's when my my palms started sweating because i'm like I can see the exit. I have like a backpack full of crap that I got. I'm like, I don't want to die. So I was just kind of like crawling around on the beanstalk almost, like hoping nothing came at me. Thankfully, I had, um, I think I was carrying, um, is it a snake shotgun? Was that in the original? Yeah, it's something it was that, was, that would really kill things. So <laughs> it felt pretty good. But. 
I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Was was that in kind of the original build? The uh, yeah, build? the snake shotgun in since uh, like I think since from the start. Okay. Yeah, we we, we launched with the Desert Tree and the Tropica one back in September, and the Snake Shotgun is a Desert uh, Tree based item, so it should have been in by the very first build that we released in early access. How many biomes are do you guys have right now in the game? Uh, we have three. And the, the Tropica one and the, the Desert one, those you can see in the video. And I'm not sure if the... I didn't see the Arctic one there. Uh, maybe it's not in this video. It's in there for so, a little bit, yep. Yeah, it's actually in there, yes. So these three uh, biomes we have. We, we was planning to expand on it by one more biome, but uh, we, we dropped that at least for now, because uh, we want to focus more on the on the gameplay and the features to get everything more smooth and uh, also on the multiplayer. Sure. So we like to focus on these tanks first and uh, because of that we dropped the, the third biome. I like some of the crazy enemies in here. Like the, the, somebody's taking a battle axe to a snowman and a suit of armor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the whole idea about this game was to, as you start playing, when you are close to the ground on the first level, everything is kind of normal, like small spiders and small bees. And as you went upwards, it's uh, it's getting a bit more crazier, <laughs> like larger spiders and uh, creatures that you don't really meet in real life. Yeah. And we kind of uh, wanted to, you know, continue this uh, expansion of enemies or, or getting everything weirder with the other trees. And by the by the the third biome, the Arctic. Uh, ideas get a little uh, hectic and we get all kinds <laughs> of weird stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, can you explain a little bit? Um, so when you get when you leave a beanstalk, you kind of go back to this little uh, was it like a house, like a cabin almost, and you can kind of do yeah, a bunch of them, stuff? Uh, extraction points so. And that's where you can craft and kind of, I think you have like a chest where it's kind of like a bank. What is that true? Uh, the, the game goes like, uh, so you have the tree house, we call it tree house, which is kind of like the, the base of your operations. That's where you go back uh, when you, when you get out of the tree from the extraction gotcha. point. So, so. Basically, basically, after you collected resources on the tree and stuff, you go back to your tree house and uh, you can craft uh, new stuff. Also, we have a bunch of uh, mechanics there, so you can uh, read the craft books, you know, to look up what what kind of stuff you want to craft. Also, we have the quest system there uh, where you can look at, look at your quests and uh, if you complete anything, you get the resources when you got back from the tree. Nice. 
So yeah, those kinds of so also we have some uh, we planned more books to the game to read, but uh, I mean not to actually read because reading in VR is uh, kind of a weird <laughs> thing. I don't really like it because the words can get all like fuzzy. So we wanted to put as little text to our game as possible. Uh, we kind of couldn't do that with the tutorial, sadly. But uh, with the books, we wanted to have more pictures and more like pictograms all around than, than text, because it's easier for the eye. So we wanted more books about the enemies, but uh, it's kind of uh, low priority stuff right now. So we might have to drop that too. But we have a new book that uh, came out recently, I mean, in the game. And uh, it, it uh, contains like a credit kind of stuff where everyone has his, uh, every developer has a picture of him and, <laughs> and uh, his name attached to it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you can flip through the developers. How weird is it to, to look at yourself in VR in that book? <laughs> Yeah, it's this whole uh, adventure, if you can call that, uh, about game development and uh, VR development was uh, kind of a weird experience for me. It was a mixed bag of emotions and feelings. So we normally will try and ask like your background and stuff. So how did you? get into like game development and like how did you guys settle on vr yes so back then i was at the university uh learning uh computer science and uh, i i was always uh, playing around in in unity so i i love unity it's I mean, uh, the other engines can be good. Like I heard about Godot and the Arial engine. A lot of people use those, and there's a little fight going in between the engines. Like my one is the best, my one is the best. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the the other engines are they can be good. I don't have much experience with them, but I just fucking love Unity, man. It's uh... <laughs> you heard it here, bro. Who can love Unity? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really cool. Uh, I, I have like, uh, I don't know, six or seven years of uh, experience in Unity by now. Nice. It's it's not all like actively working. It's only two or three years when I actively like work in Unity. But I, I was always uh, using it as a hobby tool and doing little projects in it. And I'm like, I came to love it. So yes, uh, I was actually in university uh, with one of my friends, and my friend uh, he he found uh, a guy who who invested uh, in us and helped us uh, financially uh, do the oh. first steps. Uh, so so he we the th the three of us. Uh, put together a little studio that is the VR Storm Studio, and the VR part was uh, actually coming weird from a weird angle because uh, my friend was at the event with this guy, and there was like a VR uh, game that you can try out on this event, and and he actually said uh, 
that uh, we can do a better uh, a better game that was uh, on, on display on this event in a week hands down wow so i found myself that i had to develop a vr game for quest in a week without any earlier experience with professional game development wow so we did a few of these small vr games for for like small events for small hungarian companies and we went out for some for some events uh, where you can you know it was like a public event and people came along and we did a small game to the uh, company that hired us and people put on the vr headsets and they can try out that small game like shooting around but in like branded environment for the company <laughs> and after the third or second of these small games uh, the guy who financially supported us was like already convinced that we can make games in vr and <laughs> he wanted to game like a make like a bigger project and that's when the bean stacker story starts that's awesome <laughs> is there a big draw for vr in in your area or is it kind of like underground yet or uh yeah there are not much uh, vr users in hungary especially pc vr so what i find is uh, it's still a bit expensive for like sure. an average user especially pc vr because you need uh, like a pretty beefy computer yeah which is hard to came by right now so with all the pandemic and the bitcoin stuff going around getting a beefy pc is not small task <laughs> that that still kind of boggles my mind because like when we first got into vr it's like oh i need like five thousand dollars and it's like why does it have to be so much and then here comes the quest and it's a cell phone processor and it's like good enough it's like well where's the middle ground like why can't you just yeah. do some vr on any computer like come on <laughs> so strange yes uh, i mean i'm still uh but we are still waiting uh where, where this whole vr stuff will settle right now our, our eyes are mainly on the on the quest because uh to be frank, it's it's uh, Quest has the largest player base by far yeah. in VR. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's also taking over PC VR. Like the Steam numbers, I think it was last month. It was like what fifty-five or sixty percent of all headsets on Steam was Quest Two. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, the, pretty... Yeah, as I said, the main problem with SteamVR is that uh, first it uh, it must have a cable on you, which yeah. people don't like that much. But I think that's not a big enough reason to make this large of switch to. I mean, if you look at the graphics on uh, Quest and look at the graphics on uh, PC VR, like with a beefy PC, it's like not even comparable right now. <laughs> but uh, what the quest has is that it's really cheap and yeah. you don't even need a computer for it to run so yep that's a large thing and if you happen to have a computer you can use um 
virtual desktop because I was playing Beanstalker on my Quest 2 wirelessly with virtual desktop perfectly. It was just like so neat. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we, we are using Quest uh, too, so we love the Quest actually. We are, we are in the office, we are working from mostly from Quest. At the, at the early days, uh, we had some troubles with the, with the Quest application. Like it wasn't that stable, but that was uh, two years ago. And right now it's, it's mostly, mostly fine. Nice. So, so we had issues like uh, there was a version difference between the Quest headset and the Quest application every time it, a new update came out. So we couldn't work for, for a week because, <laughs> because there was a version difference and we, uh, we couldn't connect the Quest to the PC. <laughs> That's rough. But, so... but it's also... It's, good to use that <laughs> so growing up were you a much of a gamer as a child or did you just kind of get into it in college or no, no I, I was a gamer since i'm born nice what's <laughs> yeah what's your favorite childhood game from from when you were young uh one of the first games i i spent a lot of time with was uh, age of empires 2 Nice. <laughs> but actually, not Age of Empires 2. It had a spin-off game on the same engine. Uh, the Star Wars one. Yeah. Um, it's basically the same, same yep. like Age of, but with Star Wars. I'm trying to remember. Is it Galactic Battlegrounds? Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, I played that. That was good. <laughs> so that you was one kill... of my first games. Yeah, you could kill Jar Jar in that game. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I would send a whole squad of Gungans into their death every time I played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, from that, uh, I went to the next big one was uh, Team Fortress 2. Sure. And uh, yeah, I'm. But but uh, I can I can sit here and talk for hours about all the games I played and uh, <laughs> all the experiences I have collected throughout the years. Yeah. Go on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so with with Bean Stalkers, do you guys have like a a timeline? Are you looking to kind of develop the game over a couple of years, or are you looking to go to a new IP or game or uh, right now the the plan is to release multiplayer uh, polish up the mechanics as much as we can and then go to a full release from early access and uh, that will uh, mark the end of the being stalker life cycle for now I mean sure. if the if the community develops around it from the multiplayer release and it gets much more traction than it has right now, uh, we might be able to continue with the updates and the new developments. But if that not happens, uh, we already planning our next IP and uh, we, we will go with that one. 
Awesome. Yeah, from like I said, I played it months ago. Um, the winter expansion wasn't out or anything, but like I didn't have any issues. It felt polished. It ran smooth. I was like I said, flying around, not getting sick. So <laughs> I thought it was great. I definitely need to hop in after watching your videos and checking. I want to check out your multiplayer, but the snow map, like the that ice biome, looks really yeah, neat. The the Arctic. <laughs> we call it the Arctic. Okay, Arctic. Is that big bird flying around in there? <laughs> cool. So, being in in the VR space, um, what are you guys' thoughts on the state of VR, and what are you kind of hoping happens in the future, like in the next couple years with VR? Yes, uh, it's more like a personal point from me that uh, we are still in like in its, its early days mm -hmm. so if you, if you look at pc gaming or, or mobile gaming they for, for example for pc it took like 20 or 30 years for the basic mechanics to to flash uh, develop out from multiple games and multiple titles mm. and then they settled pretty well and all of the games using that so i i mean like uh, the first person shooters the third person shooters the role play games uh, they are not much new around the base mechanics so the way you control the game and the way you move around in it it's it takes some time for those mechanics to cook up and for VR, we are still uh, waiting for these mechanics to to settle and to to different studios to build on them. So, for example, if you look at the the Half Life title, Half Life Alex, it was a pretty good. Uh, it it laid down some some basics. So what what uh, Steam did or Valve did with that one is like. They laid down the foundations, guys. This is how VR game should look. This is how it should function. This is how you can do fun mechanics. Uh, just take some of this and make good VR games. <laughs> and uh, and we are still waiting for these mechanics to to settle and to to build out to their best form. And then other studios, like smaller studios, can then use them up and make some new fun things with them. So and that's where you guys got your face hugger version. <laughs> Flying at your face. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no, actually, it was uh, related from Hive Life, but now that you say sure. it, it's yeah, it's similar. <laughs> Not a standard I want to see in every game. Facebook is great. <laughs> I remember being in school and somebody playing uh, first Half Life, and they said they had a nightmare from the things hanging down from the ceiling that would be you like walk through a hallway and didn't know it was there it would just like grab you i know you'd hear us crunching before you die and he would just try to hit alt f4 because he like crunching noise like, and then he was getting nightmares from it and i was like dude what are you talking about i had never even heard of half like that i can't i can't sleep anymore <laughs> we don't need face huggers and crunches he didn't any. <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean uh 
developers always try to like uh, punch through the like the st staleness of the game, like uh, something that might cause nightmares in uh, one people. For for some experienced gamers, it uh, doesn't even hit the level of you know level of excitement for them. You always have to make uh, something bigger, something yeah. to beat the competition. Yeah. Technology is always going to stress the hardware. Horror game makers always have to stress out PJ in VR because he doesn't like that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Cool. I want to try out the multiplayer update and get hit by a griffin in the snow. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. The, the snow level was turned out great too. Arctic. It took so much time to to balance everything out, especially for the last few levels. I mean, uh, it's a crazy amount of work went into this. The, just the sheer amount of balance that we had to do, like testing and balancing and testing over again, and yeah. months until we could get like a stable gameplay. Where, especially with the with the random generation like the procedurally generated tree, it's uh, it's hard to plan balance ahead. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Because you can, stuff that's not randomized, you can see it, tweak it, but if it's all generated by code, that's nested inheriting from other code. Yeah, it is. <laughs> if you're planning a not generated game, like some uh, basic uh, layout, you can like, put three things on the table and you know the player will find that and you can hide some other stuff under the table and you know that the player might find that and might not find that and you can calculate the the for example the crafting and the amount of enemies from that because you know what resources the player will have but with randomly generated stuff, you have to get more into the math of things. Like uh, the player will probably get this amount of items, and uh, from that he can probably make this. And <laughs> it, from that on, it even gets more convoluted. So, yeah. If they're supposed to be, by the time they hit the boss, they should have hit, you know, 10% chance to get all of these materials, 10% chance to get this. And, 50% chance of that, but then what if it doesn't work? Do you crank those percent chances or? Yeah, we, we played around a lot with the, with the drop chances in the game. So for example, there is the little uh, wood parts that you can grab off the tree. Uh, if you played it, you probably uh, found that one. There's a lot mm -hmm. around the tree, and you can use it for multiple things. So you can use it to craft stuff, and you can also have to use it to heat up the oven or the forge, where you can yeah. uh, smash your smash your ores and get the iron and stuff. <laughs> and uh, we cranked up. Uh, one player said that there isn't enough. Uh, one of our testers isn't enough. Uh, little tree wood stuff so we, we cranked it up and uh, one of my friends came in to test the game 
he brought his own PC and he was with us for two days. So he tested the game for two days. He was really, really <laughs> big help. And uh, he said that there isn't enough uh, wood, wood stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> different players play differently. Yeah. Yeah, balance has got to be one of the trickiest things. <laughs> yeah. Because everyone's so different, but... <laughs> I don't remember um, which game I was talking about with my girlfriend, but Ace Pack, you know, if they play old like Japanese RPGs, she said she always would like try to avoid the fight, and then she'd be underpowered by the time you get to the boss, because you don't level up from all the fight. And then you have me, who's like looking at every inch of the map, practicing the combat all the way through killing everything and then the boss is like like super simple so and i think she's got a a stigma from some of that too she says like you know, if she gets to the stressful part in like old super nintendo like mario she might not be able to beat bowser or something like that she'd have to hand the controller to somebody else i'm like if you'd sat there and killed everybody and wasted everything in your path, you wouldn't mind the Bowser fight. It's just different, <laughs> different people. Fight yeah, different. And it's it's a weird question from a from a game design point of view because uh, what if the player doesn't want to fight? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> what the developer gonna do about it? Uh, we actually have the bees in the game that come and attack you, and uh, it was my girlfriend said that but bees are nice so why 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 why, why we have to fight bees <laughs> why are you turning the nice bees into enemies yeah, yeah. pollinators <laughs> game developers. that's funny <laughs> So it's just weird stuff that uh, when you develop a game or doing game design, you, you just kind of doesn't think about them. It's true. For, for, for one of these things that uh, came up is uh, a lot of the enemies, especially in the first levels, are, are based on spiders or, or, or actual spiders. And we doesn't expect it that all, but uh, after like, uh, we were already working for a year or more on the game when we got released. And one of the one of the players or, or many of the players were like, uh, they have arachnophobia. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> can we remove the spiders? <laughs> yeah, you almost have to include an option in the menu, like turn spiders into something else like a button because yeah. we have a couple of friends like that, like um, from the podcast, um, let's talk Oculus, Dan, the main guy there, he's afraid of spiders. So every time I'm playing a game that I've, you know, a spider thing happens, I record the video and send it to him. He's like, knock it off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So we, 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 there was a lot of uh, feedback to, to change spiders or, or remove spiders. And we, we really wanted to do that, but it uh, just uh, takes up too much developer time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know if we, we will afford to do that. We will do it if we, we could afford to. <laughs> I would do, I would be a jerk and it'd be like, you know, 
grabbing the mic input and be like, I noticed there's a spider coming at you and you screamed really loud. Would you like to turn the spider into something else? Push the button and the spider just gets bigger and scarier. <laughs> and then it never goes back to being normal. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's just kidding. Gross, gross, say relaxing. All this stuff. Yeah, it is, it is interesting. Um, I mean, just from a game developer's point of view, like you said, like who knows, like how what percentage of people have arachnophobia? So you wouldn't even think about it if you don't. So you're like, I can kill a couple spiders, big deal. But someone else, like I can't even play that game because it's got a spider yeah. in it. Like, <laughs> when I first got into Skyrim and modding, I noticed one of the most popular downloaded things was to turn the spiders into something else. And I thought it was a joke because I didn't even think of that until I read the description. I'm like, oh, yeah, like one of the first quests, you're saving some dude from like a big spider, you know, web egg stack. Big <laughs> yeah, ass spider right. in the dungeon. Start like, like, oh, I guess that would freak you out. Yeah. Yeah. I never <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> but spiders are, they belong there. They're creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, talk, I bumped the mute button, so I just want to make sure I was still no, talking. <laughs> <Okay>. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, and balancing in games and trying to figure out how players play. It's like, PJ and I played some co-op stealth games in the past. Tenchu on the 360 and um, Assassin's Creed. Sometimes they have some, some modes. It's like you have to kill everybody to get enough points to level up. But like, what about the skill of like not killing anybody all the way through the mission and still, you know, making it out with the loot? And uh, they don't really reward those players. It's like it's not my fault. I'm... Yeah, you you just mentioned Skyrim before, and they they did it really smartly because uh, no matter what you do, you level up some skill in Skyrim. Like uh, yeah. If you if you if you manage to avoid the fight, uh, you will level up your sneak. Yep. <laughs> so you you can actually level up just by not engaging with stuff, and that's really smart. Uh, skill involved, you know, they shouldn't do that. But it's like if you're playing a shooter game where you're not supposed to get spotted, you can try not to kill everybody, but you don't get any of those skill points. You don't get any you know reimbursement for it. But if you do kill people, you gotta hide the bodies. You know, there's like there's multiple facets, not just spotted and not spotted. It's like they're not taking advantage of all these interesting things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, game development is definitely hard and uh we made uh, many, many mistakes throughout the <laughs> game design and game development. But uh since this was our first title and uh we keep learning. Yeah. I think if this is your kind of big first rodeo and you've got multiplayer coming, a lot of people don't even make it that far. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I'm really happy how this whole venture turned out. Uh, we get uh, much more uh, further than I have ever expected to get. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoy the game, so I think you guys have done amazing. And I, have, I haven't even played the second 
half of it probably now that you've added to it. So <laughs> be fun Thank to get you. back in there. Yeah. So we're coming up on our hour. I don't want to keep you any longer, but is there anything we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to touch on or anything like that? No, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, the main message for me is to try out the game and try it multiplayer. And uh, yeah, that's all. Cool. Then go get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably should. <laughs> so anyone watching or listening, there'll be sh links in the show notes to, to the Steam page and all that, and your Twitter and all that fun stuff. Um, so in our time zone, the multiplayer will be in beta. When do you expect like an actual release that people can actually check it out? I'm, I'm not sure about your time zone, but it's, uh, let me go do a quick head count. So it's 3 a.m. for us right now. And the game will be out at uh, around uh, 4 p.m. So nice. it's uh, 13 hours from now. Awesome. You can do the map backwards from this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get Wookie up on a beanstalk and push him off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to do the math. <laughs> well, I appreciate yeah, so your time thank you for and everything, joining guys. us. Yeah, yeah, fun. appreciate you stopping by. Glad like I said, we were able to record. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, we've been talking since December, so it's it's felt like finally we get to to do this. So it was nice. And yeah, like, we are we are having a lot of stuff to do, so it's not easy to come up with the dates for this uh, event. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Understandable. But, yeah, I, I got a couple of videos of me playing the game. Like I said, if Woki and I end up getting a chance to play it together and we'll make some silly videos and get into some shenanigans. <laughs> I will Thank you, guys. probably scream like a little girl. Not that there's anything wrong <laughs> with that. It'll be high-pitched and funny. <laughs> I hope you guys have been managed. Adios. <laughs> well, thank bye you, bye. sir. Thanks for joining. Thanks for inviting. Anytime. <laughs> bye, guys. See ya. More fun to bow with Bill Hand. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to go shoot someone with a shield. <laughs> The bill hands fit right in the, uh, the oh, that's funny. <laughs> I know that's for your, like, forearm. <laughs> it works. Well, everyone watching and listening, um, so I want to take a moment to say we're glad to be back doing the podcast. Mm -hmm. It's been too long. Uh, we're in our new home, thanks to Justin at Tab Games. Uh, Surreal, a Garage Collective, a couple other people. Yeah, I'll zoom in on their logos, but Wookiee spent a lot of time getting this here. We're going to keep adding and doing stuff, cool stuff, Hopefully. so come back. Yeah.
but it's thanks to these two guys that we have any of this sitting here. So people listening, not watching, we're pointing at posters and logos <laughs> in the wall. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get back to where we can have um, anyone join us, join the audience, and get in on the conversation and do some fun things and be a lot of fun. Get back to giving away game keys and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> this guy needs a saddle. <laughs> <laughs> I just tried to jump. <laughs> you know, I keep doing that too. And I think I keep muting myself. Exactly. It's <laughs> the A button. Yeah. But thanks everyone for hanging out, listening and watching. We'll be back.